Caution, the contents of this podcast may be historical, but they're still served piping hot. We're brewing up the classics here on the Coffeehouse Classical Music Podcast. Hello and welcome to the Coffeehouse Classical Music Podcast. My name is Asa. And I'm Allison. And today will be a bit of a shorter episode and will serve as a bit of a teaser for our next episode, the big 150. Wow. Woo! We have something real special cooked up for you guys, so stay tuned. Wasn't it be something real special brewed up for you guys? Oh, yeah! Just a quick editor's note. It is not episode 150 that is coming up next. It's only episode 149. We cannot count. We are sorry. Now back to your regularly scheduled programming. But until then, a little aperitif. So we've talked about Bach and Bach and Bach some more. Well, we're Bach again with a different Bach than ever before. And which Bach could it be? Well, it's Bach's wife, Anna Magdalena Bach. When these two were first acquainted, it was in the court of Cotin where Anna Magdalena was actually employed as a soprano chamber singer. J. Asbach had recently been employed there as the Kapellmeister. However, at that time, he was still married to his first wife, Maria Barbara Bach. Unfortunately for J.S., Maria Barbara passed away in 1720. Now, J.S. did not immediately remarry. However, the first documented occurrence of J.S. and Anna being a couple and appearing to be engaged was when they were present together a year later in 1721 at a baptism and were both to serve as godparents. This was a clear announcement of their intent to marry. And they did marry later in that year of 1721. Rather than immediately becoming a housewife at this time, Anna actually kept her singing position at the court, and she actually had several documented occurrences of public performance after she was married for court-sanctioned events. How progressive. From his previous marriage, Bach already had four children, and he and Anna then went on to have an additional 13 children. However, only six of these actually lived beyond the age of five. It was a numbers game back then. (laughs) (laughs) You'll know several of their names. Of course, there's the London Bach, Carl Philip Emanuel, and then J.S.'s star pupil, Johann Christian Bach. So Anna was quite a busy woman, taking care of the children, running the large Bach estate, and performing. However, she had yet another important role as J.S.'s primary copyist and editor. Many of the original Bach manuscripts are actually written in Anna's hand. It appears to be a relatively happy marriage, fortunately, and the Bachs lived comfortably while J.S. was still alive. In their relative comfort, they often hosted musical gatherings for friends and family. And, like most well-to-do families of the time, the Bachs compiled an album of their favorite performance pieces. And this is where we get the two volumes of the Little Notebook for Anna Magdalena Bach. The first volume was created in 1722. It was bound in beautiful green leather with red ribbon trim, really an art piece as well as a music score. The second volume, apparently just as ornate, was produced in 1725. 
Both albums contained a multitude of different genres, some vocal arias, keyboard exercises, pedagogical lessons, etc. The second album as well contained music for not just J.S., but C.P.E. Bach, François Couperin, Johann Adolf Hasse, and friends of the Bach family as well. And also, sometimes at these musical gatherings, the guests would be invited to create a composition on the spot, and if it was good enough, it would be immortalized in these notebooks. Can you imagine having the approval of the box that your piece was good enough? Allison, do you think that the piece that we made a few episodes ago would have been immortalized in Anna Magdalena's notebook? She, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Shall we compare some excerpts side by side? Let's do. And of course, in addition to our very own theme and variations, there are many famous pieces from the notebooks. <laughs> and we're sure you've heard this minuet in G. heard its darker sibling, the minuet in G minor. Now, aside from being, of course, a lover of music, Anna was also apparently a lover of gardening. There is a letter to J.S. from his cousin discussing how he was sending Anna over some lovely flowers to take her mind off of her hard life. It is actually unclear at what time of her life this is referring to, perhaps after a death of a child. Apparently, Anna then doted over the flowers as though they were children. In 1750, after almost 30 years of marriage, J.S. unfortunately passed away. He left no will, and thus his estate had to be divided equally between Anna and the children. Now this did not leave much for poor Anna, and unfortunately, the last 10 years of her life were spent in relative destitution. And research has not been able to discover actually why her own very successful, now adult children did not show her any charity during this time. Apparently, though, she was buried near her husband in a very minimal funeral service. Soon, as we've discussed in previous episodes, both Anna and J.S. were forgotten for a time. And it wasn't until Mendelssohn and his Bach revival that J.S.'s tomb was located and once more celebrated. However, little interest was taken in Anna's gravesite until it was too late. The church where she was buried was destroyed in World War II. It's too bad that not any more is known about Anna Magdalena Bach. She seemed to be pretty cool. And based on the musical gifts of the beautiful two notebooks, it seems that J.S. thought so too. So thank you for tuning in to our short little aside about an important woman in J.S. Bach's musical history. And we promise that this is related to next week's... <laughs> not next week's next episode we promise this related to next episode so we hope you tune in then as well and if you enjoyed what you listened to please review us positively on itunes google play or wherever you get your podcasts and do of course share us 
with a friend, family member, colleague, or acquaintance that you think might appreciate (laughs) this delightful content. Maybe the acquaintance can become a beloved friend or family member in the future. Oh, would you look at that? Maybe bond over some Coffeehouse podcast. Aww. We bring people together. (laughs) <laughs> and for the Coffeehouse Classical Music Podcast, I'm Asa. And I'm Allison. Thank you so much for listening. Excerpts from The Notebook for Anna Magdalena Bach were performed by Rami Barneve. You can find The Coffeehouse on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram. Email us at coffeehouseclassical at gmail.com. <laughs>